Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Andrew, you got to admit, just like so many of us, you did have some near-death experiences, didn't you? Come on, I mean, there were close calls. There were close calls. Well, uh, well I'll give you this. As has been coming up over and over in these uh, two, uh, in, in this, is, is denial. Uh, I don't want to admit I've had some of that. But yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I've had and, some near-death experiences. And, and, yeah. and we do agree that evil presented itself to you and created this surreal lifestyle and evil was in the form of the bright lights and the bling and the fast money and this lifestyle and this and it was a good ride you know living on a yacht in Marina del Rey the whole deal it was it was really a surreal experience and 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 it was fantasy and the fantasy really was a a gateway to denial um, especially when things started to get difficult for you and your life started to have hit a couple of bumps in the road and nonetheless um, you escaped the, this evil uh, bug zapper. You were able to fly away from this evil bug zapper, thank God, um, so you could continue um, um, fulfilling a purpose. And, um, and today you're able to move toward fulfilling that purpose, aren't you? Yes. And something way back when might have wanted you to keep you from the sensation and the joy of fulfilling that purpose. What do you think? Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know today in my recovery <clears throat> if it's so necessary to have the labels, but I was definitely... I danced with the devil. I uh, lived in that darkness, and... I became accustomed to it. I became accustomed to it. It was. Mm -hmm. It's also part of our youth. It's all part of uh, uh, a, a, a rite of passage. Uh, In my late forties, at my youth, I don't know. Late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, what's your takeaway here for the newcomer or somebody who's really struggling? Um, you know, is there is there any message that you might want to impart to somebody that? That looking back, if you, you could have maybe looked at something a little different or, or taken a different approach to something, that might be helpful to somebody understanding um, the difference between um, you know, good and evil and to, to help them move <clears throat> in the right direction. You talked about a fork in the road. What do you think? Well, when you put it that way, what comes to mind is how selfish and self-centered I was. And I think, uh, and I don't know if this works for everybody, but... One of the takeaways for me is that, you know, others are affected by this. There's a ripple effect, and we destroy a lot more than just our own lives living that lifestyle. It's the repercussions and the ripple effect that affect all those around us, our loved ones, our parents, our siblings, our brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, and then even out into the neighborhood. And, uh, you know... I know at times I couldn't even hear that message, so I don't know if some of you are still out there using and you can't hear that, but for God's sake, if you could think of others a little more than ourselves. The ripple effect, isn't it? The ripple effect. The ripple effect. Yes. And it was, um, and 
I heard, I read somewhere that there's no greater offense than to, to um, interfere with another person's spiritual growth and progress and their happiness. And uh, this ripple effect was, uh, it wasn't serving God, was it? No, absolutely not. And, and, uh, and maybe it was playing in the hands of something that didn't want you to, to serve God and to, uh, and to honor you know, a loving God. So glad you were able to, to find a loving God and, and to move in that direction and to acquire a God consciousness, Andrew. Me and, too. And, 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 and I'll tell you, hey, gang, you know, it's a crapshoot. I know a lot of people in this business of recovery, and uh, there's no scientific uh, proof and method and, and formula as far as who gets it and who doesn't. You know what I'm talking about? It's, uh, it's something called God's will. Some of us lucky ones get to experience real God consciousness, and some of us unlucky ones, you know, we die a miserable, lonely death. And uh, Well, I, I find it to be in the seeking. Just seek. Seek God. Seek your higher power. Play with it. Have fun with it. It doesn't have to be such a serious, rigid uh, man with a beard in the cloud. Play with it. Have some creativity. What a great idea. What do you think is, is one of the uh, easiest ways to seek a God of our understanding? What do you think? Um, give us a couple of, of examples of, of, of how a person can can move away from self-consciousness and this, this bug-zapper, evil mm. uh, attraction, and to move toward God-consciousness. What are some various ways? I, I got a good basic one that I like to give uh, newcomers I'm working with, or and, and even myself, is just get out of nature. Get out of the concrete jungle, concrete high-rise, or wherever you're living these days, and go get barefoot in nature. Go yeah. for a hike. Go Love see it. some, smell the roses, as they say. That's right. Go get some nature and see that there's more to life than just yourself. See that there's creation all around you and Okay, smells. so you're talking about experiencing God consciousness. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, Andrew. What about the group? What about oh, yeah, what about the, a loving what about a group that a loving God expresses Himself through? What do you think about that? I totally agree with that, and uh, I've watched it work. And yeah, I mean the fellowship is it must not be missed. You know, you you really need to give that a chance. When were you when you were when you were deep in your disease? Were you in a fellowship? Were you in a group? Or were you lonely and alone and? Or maybe you probably had a. I, I was alone. I was alone, and even when I was in a group, I found I was alone because most of the people I was with in my disease were liars, cheats, and thieves, and I, I couldn't sleep. I had to sleep with one eye open in that group. I say. So let me ask you this: Do you think evil is isolation and loneliness, and that God is unity and and communion with our fellow man? What do you think? Yes, and I also want to elaborate that. I think once you do get your groove on with God, that you can be alone and not lonely. Ah, beautiful. That part. Isn't that nice? That's nice. It's Comfortable beautiful. in your skin. Right. But hey, but for you newcomers who have just got your training wheels on, get into the group, man. Find out whatever you're suffering from and find your kinship of common suffering. And you just might, you just might find a God of your understanding. What do you think, Andrew? I definitely agree. Right on. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank Andrew W. for two hours of recovery radio and banter about, you know, 
you know, our, our earliest attempts and opportunities at recovery and how uh, evil is the subtle foe always there. Thank you again, Andrew, for joining us. Thank you, Toby. All My right. pleasure. God bless. Take care. This is Toby C. called The Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance and early recovery. Come back soon and visit us. The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Allowing the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Did you hear that? There's no such thing as coincidence. <laughs> and I'm telling you, James, finish up your story. Your, your car's at home. You've got this wonderful reunion you're ready for. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah, and written on the side of my freaking window is the letters AA. And I'm like, well, that's, that's funny. That's weird. And go inside, and of course, you know, thinking I did something. I'm in trouble because I'm always in trouble. And, you know, find out that my, my girlfriend of eight years you know we were broken up for about a year and a half at the time but i find out that she was murdered and uh yeah that that messed with me you know i i wanted i remember having the thoughts like dude this is a perfect excuse no one's gonna blame me <laughs> yeah i got an out all right so you were angry at that moment weren't yeah. you and um and let's just say hey you know you had five months of uh, sobriety i'd say this is still early sobriety yeah. for a guy who was bouncing along the bottom and you finally started getting some traction. And by the way, this woman is who you originally came into AA to get sober for, wasn't she? Yeah, four years before. It took me four years to finally before it stuck three and, treatment and, centers. And, and, but it just didn't work. No. And you finally, James, you finally made the decision to not get sober for her, but to get sober for Yeah. For myself, you. Yeah. yeah. And then it happened. Then something external happened. And uh, and what a shocker! Mm -hmm. And uh, and she was taken from you. Yeah. Okay. And who did you blame? God, for sure. There you go. I remember thinking, you guys tell me start finding this hinder power, which I didn't want to do, and it's like, there you oh, go. I'll start, I'll start doing that, and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, man, I'm starting to build this relationship with you, and then you do this to me, like what the? There it didn't it make any sense to me. There it is. Now, if we can look back at that moment and say that maybe there was another party involved in this transaction and maybe the party that was involved in this transaction was 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 evil was satan was the devil was some negative paranormal energy that did not have your best interest in mind mm -hmm. and wanted to take you out didn't it yeah and uh and and this this terrible tragedy trauma was tailored just for you wasn't it sure was and um was it tailored just for you from a loving God of your understanding? No. So if it wasn't tailored just for you from a loving God of your understanding, then then who or what tailored this for you? You know, it's got to be the devil. <laughs> you know, there it is. And, and by the way, that's your ghost story, James. You know, how often, looking back, it was so easy, wasn't it, James, to blame him or her or it or ourselves or God, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 
but uh, there was there was one party that was missing uh, from from the lineup, wasn't there? Yeah. And uh, and and again, looking back, you know, the idea here, gang, is is not to go ahead and put the spotlight on Satan and the devil. Okay, it's just to make sure that you understand that evil is real. Okay, you know, by denying the existence. Of, of Satan or the devil or whatever you want to call it, it makes the existence of God less relevant and more abstract, okay? And that's exactly where the devil wants us to be. The devil does not want us to blame him or it for baiting the trap. The devil ultimately wants us to, to blame who, James? God. Or? Ourselves. There it is. Or anybody but the devil. There it is, okay? And take a deep breath, gang, okay? You know, this is, again... We're here to talk about and illuminate the antithesis of God so we can really appreciate God. And when they say there is only one who has all power, that one is God. May you find him now. Be aware, gang, there is something that's going to that's gonna throw some interference in your way. Right, James? Yeah. And, um, wow, what a... And, and there it was, you know, in the very beginning when you were bouncing along the bottom. That was not early sobriety. That was just countless... Uh, vain and failed attempts to figure it out, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? And uh, let me ask you this. Did a God of your understanding want to keep you baffled and confused? Was this kind of some kind of a test? Or did something else out there want to keep you baffled and confused? Had to have been something else, but the, the part of it for me was just like, I kind of just threw my hands up just, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know anything that was going on when I, when I got sober. I just... Uh, I talk to people. And How interesting. I threw my hands up. You know what you were describing? And not throwing my hands up like in like praise to like no, God. No, 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 just no, no. Like... But, but how about this? But it was a WTF moment, wasn't yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Which is the same as the, 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 the moment that so many of us have in our, in our most desperate, utter moment of, of misery. We scream out to God, mm-hmm. you know, why are you doing this? Or God help me. Or God answer me. Or God show me a sign, right? You know, that's what we do. We scream out to God. And something else is listening. Somebody else is listening too. Right, James? Yeah. You know, and uh, I like to always say that uh, God heard us too. He's, <laughs> he's, he's banging at the door. We just didn't answer it. We didn't answer the door and let him in, did we? Why? Because we were too distracted, right, James? Too distracted, blaming everybody else. Or, or blaming ourselves and crumbing on ourselves. Take a deep breath, gang. We're going to be back after the bottom of the hour with James G. talking about evil resistance during our earliest attempts to get better and uh, and emerge from this misery. I'm Toby C. It's a concept show called The Fourth Dimension, and we'll be right back with James G. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. 
You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, James. All right, here's the deal. In the very beginning, I think James and I agreed, bouncing along the bottom was, your demon was ambivalence. Your, 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 your evil demon was just this, I am what I am deal, right? And then, did you move into an area of denial? You know, was that, was there, you know, describe to us a little bit about, um, you know, bouncing along the bottom and not getting it. Getting what, Toby? You know? We'll have to go back to actually deny that I was in denial. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so describe this. Um, um, not only were you comfortable and, and, and ambivalent in your misery and your suffering, because that is what it is, right? That's what you do. You drink, you get drunk, you get a hangover. Your life's unmanageable. So what? Then you decided to do something about it, but not too much. What yeah. was the feeling? What was going on? What was holding you back, James? And it wasn't a bad attitude. It was, there was something going on here, external, um, that you were hearing or that you were seeing. Did you have beer goggles on? Did you, did you, did you have rose-colored glasses on? Um, what was going on, James? Life, life was pretty bleak looking when I stopped. You know, it was just uh, like, like now what? Um, you know, I'd, uh, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I didn't know what to do with my time. Like I wasn't sleeping well. Uh, and you know, I, I think back to, you know, the times where, I, you know, I'd get off on like a, a Friday night and I'd have the, the weekend to myself and just like not looking forward to anything. I had. I had money to do whatever I wanted. I could take time off work. I could travel. I could do whatever. And I, I, I couldn't even do that. Um, you know, take the girl out to a nice dinner and, ooh, yeah, we're going to have some some private time tonight. It's Friday night. And, nope, you know, she still didn't want anything to do with me. Not she didn't want anything to do with me, but just I didn't know what to do in sobriety. I, I, I just didn't. And um, So you knew how to, how to live being drunk and all jacked up but this sober thing was was kind of a new set of shoes to wear wasn't it yeah it was different it was it was uncomfortable wasn't it mm -hmm. and um so you would put together little little uh, runs of of clean uh dry time and and you'd go out again mm -hmm. because sobriety was disappointing wasn't it yeah absolutely mm -hmm. This wasn't wasn't all cracked up. Uh, no pun intended. It just wasn't really all all, all that that they said it would be, uh, and 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 you were disappointed. And yeah, and you and you talk about the devil, and you know I think about it. You know, it's like I I wanted to be around people partying. I wanted to see people, you know, getting drunk and having a good time. And you know, oh it's, yeah, you you going? To, oh cool, I'll drive you. And it's like, well, that's. Maybe, maybe not a you good know, idea. It, I'll tell you, and the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous warns us uh -huh. about, you know, hanging around um, people who are still in deep in their disease in order to acquire a vicarious pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Recall that? And, uh, you know, guys, I read somewhere in the big book also, the way of the wicked is like the chaff which the wind drives away. We're not supposed to hang around people who are just moving in the wrong direction, are we? But we want to. There's something drawing us toward them isn't there well there is there's a difference between like hanging out at people just having like a rage or really getting down versus like 
people that are having a few drinks and like but they didn't drink like I did, you know, but I, I wanted to see people get messed up and have a good time, but they, they never seemed to quite do what I did. But um Maybe maybe James maybe you were still kind of confused and trying to assess the situation and trying and still trying to judge it and weigh it. You know, you still had not entirely um committed you know to this new way of life and uh, something kept dragging you back there to take a look at the great illusion let me ask you this i know what that great illusion is to control and enjoy my drinking because i i still still wanted to try it still wanted to try it we are like men who have lost their legs we never grow new ones do we no and by the way you know did god do this to you did did god was this a test of god this this sick sadistic twisted uh, 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 revolving door, or um, or was this something, you know, that that kept you in in utter uh, bewilderment and confusion, always seeking an answer? What do you think? What What did you mean again? What was you were, your... yeah, the question was? Were you seeking an answer still to what? this sobriety thing was all about or had you resigned and made a commitment you know to your sobriety you were still not completely oh i definitely didn't have a commitment to my sobriety i, I kind of just put it down for a little bit so there it was and the point i was trying to make was was this lack of commitment was this faith or was this fear and it was fear it was, yeah it definitely was fear you know, it was fear and there was the demon the demon of fear okay the demon of, gee, James, look what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Look what you're never going to do. Look what you could have been doing. There yeah. it is. And by the way, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to suggest that that was the demon of envy. Okay. You want to talk about envy? You talk about sitting somewhere at a bar where it's 18 to drink. And you see all these young punk 18-year-olds that look like they're 12, and you're like, man, how come they can do it and I can't? There you go. There you go. So, so there it is. And by the way, gang. You know, if you get into the 12-step program and you put your hand on the hand of the man and trust God and clean house, you're going to be reacquainted with something called the seven deadly sins. And the seven deadly sins are meant to serve the bondage of self, okay? And out of the seven deadly sins, and I won't rattle all of them off, but one of the ones in headlights is envy, okay? It's jealousy, all right? It's, to, it's the antithesis of gratitude, is to look at what people have and what we have not, Correct? Yeah. And it and and if you have enough anger going on, then you move into another sinful uh emotion called anger. Yeah, like and, so and, and let me wait, wait, one last thing, James, and did this anger give you an overwhelming and compelling reason to go out and get loaded finally? Yeah, looking at Thank fr- you. friends or family that are still drinking, you know, they he drinks like I did. We've been drinking together for years, you know. He might still have a job. He's doing this. He's doing that. Why, why don't you look at his drinking? Why are we looking at mine? You know. Thank you. You know, and somewhere in this envy, he should quit too. Somewhere in this envy's low self-esteem, like what's wrong with me, right? Ooh. Why can they do this and I can't do this, right? I didn't know I had self, didn't have self-esteem until someone pointed it out to me. It's the devil. I was always talking about things I did ten years ago, and they're like, "Well, what are you doing now?" <laughs> hey, but but looking back again, James, you know something was out there to keep us in utter confusion and to keep us in fear and to keep us in um in in this state of of denial right 
the antithesis of denial is acceptance. And you could not accept what was going on, could you, James? No. There it is. And, you know, you just said the word utter confusion, and you've said it a couple times. And, and that's the devil, man. And don't think it's, it's, not, it's not an inside job, man. No, I was just getting stuck on that phrase, yeah. utter confusion. We know we throw these words around all the time. If you really think about what it meant, I just went back to so many times of just utter confusion. I don't know how to do this without doing that. What if I do this? And it's just... Yeah. It talks about that in, in this book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And hey, gang, if you're listening, this show is not for the junkie or the alcoholic. This is for anybody who's suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But it talks about it, and it's very clear in this book called Alcoholics Anonymous that the demon, okay, that they want to use as a metaphor and call alcohol, okay, is subtle, and it's a subtle foe. It is cunning, baffling, and powerful, okay? And when they say baffling, that means it's meant to keep you and me and all those around us in utter confusion, in bewilderment, in this state of confusion, okay? And let me tell you, people who are faith-based, James, don't you agree, are not confused, are they? No. People who are faith-based and have an unshakable foundation and know and have a clear recognition of who they are and what God wants them to become are not bewildered, are they? No. So there it was, you know. So again, you know, the, the maybe, you know, one form of evil that presents itself to so many of us in early recovery, James, is this, this confusion and this bewilderment, right? Do you remember any other examples of being confused or discouraged about, uh, about what you were doing or the people that you were around? How about when you first started coming into meetings? You know, did you judge everybody in the meetings? Did you, oh, yeah. Did you want what they have? You know? Did, were no. You, you know? No, you didn't. Absolutely were, were not. You, were you open-minded or, no. or, 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 or <laughs> did you shut them down and shut them out, man? No, I was going because I was, I was told to. I was told that's, that's the right thing to do. Not the right thing, but that, that's going to help me if I go. And I was, all right, let me give this a shot. I'll, I'll do it. And uh, I don't know, like things, things changed over time. You know, I remember, I remember seeing something on the wall that said time takes time. And it's like, oh, I love it. I love oh, that's confusing. Okay. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this, James. When you went in there to get some relief because somebody said this would be a good idea, and you finally went to a couple meetings, did you get more confused? You know, yeah. The first meeting I went to, a friend of mine went with me. We turned and looked at each other, and they said, are we so, getting beer? And I said, yes. <laughs> okay. So, again, it wasn't the devil that was telling you to go get beer. It was the devil that was confusing you yeah. and driving you insane. All this, all this gibberish that you were hearing coming out of other people's mouths and all these visuals you were having of all these people that you really didn't want to get to know any better. This was an external st stimulation, wasn't it? It's what you heard and it's what you saw. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't God-given, was it? No. It wasn't a test from, from a loving, passionate, tolerant God, was it? No, no. You know, you're throwing out like the, the baffling stuff and, you know, it's... There's times where nothing's happening in my life, everything's good, and then, you know, driving home, and the pizza place is closed. You know what? I'm going to go out and get drunk tonight, and, you know, I drive past, like, these, you know, the Red Barn, on one, mm -hmm. where I live, there's this place called the Red Barn, and I, every time I drive past it, not every time, but I drive past it, I'd be like, I just want to go in there. I just want to see what it's like. Everyone talks about this place. What's it like in there? Probably yeah. a shithole, but... <laughs> Well, you know, hey, hey, there it is, though. Um, it's the devil, right? That, come, you know, come check it out. <laughs> hey, 
God wants us to not be distracted and to be still and to be sober and to be alert. And the reason why we want to be sober and alert, I believe, is so we can be available for the next suffering brethren, mm -hmm. okay? But, uh, you know, when we're caught in, um, in self-consciousness, it's, it's quite difficult to move toward uh, paying attention to other people. When, we're gonna, when we come back, I want to finish up our hour here with James talking about disappointment, the demon of unrealistic expectations, the demon of, uh, of the obvious, okay, in a three-dimensional world, and how often we get disappointed when we make the investment and we pull the lever and, uh, and what we are expecting in return doesn't come out. And it's it's a demon that so many of us experience, right, James? Yeah. All right, we're going to be back with our fourth and final segment of this hour with James G. I'm Toby C. This is our concept show called The Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance during our earliest moments to get better and recover. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong, in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, you're wrapping up an hour here with James G talking about the existence, the external existence of evil that so many of us encounter in early sobriety, although we're not aware of it, okay? We're in, what's it called, James? Denial, Denial baby. <laughs> Denial, right? Right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's exactly where the devil wants us to be, right? If we're too busy, right, jumping around like a jackrabbit, Solving the world's problems. Heaven forbid we should be still. All right, James? Yeah. Then we're in denial. Were you still in early sobriety? No, I couldn't sit still. Hell no, man. I read an article, man. If the devil can't make you if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. There it is. You know? Does does a God of your understanding, James, want you to be still? Yeah. And uh, and at peace? And calm and in a place of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that took time to do. I couldn't just, you know, sit still, you know, why don't you go sit outside, enjoy the outside or whatever. Like I, I, I couldn't just sit still. I couldn't be with myself because my head wouldn't shut up. And, you know, it's, I was thinking back when I, when I first, like the first week I slept like a rock. The second week I fell asleep but couldn't sleep through the night. And then like the third week I couldn't fall asleep. And that, that's how it was for me, you know, those first couple of weeks in recovery. And then, um, you know, all these healthy activities that I that I used to do that, you know, I, I thought I'd get back into. And then I started doing those obsessively to kind of like fill that void of not knowing what to do with myself. 
you know, reading books obsessively or playing video games or uh, cleaning the house. It was just, I had to. They, they call it the monkey mind. You've heard the monkey yeah, brain, right? Yeah. Is the monkey brain or the monkey mind, is that God given? Or is there something sinister that wants to keep us in this, this, this turmoil, man, in this constant state of, of motion? What do you think? It's definitely something sinister, and it's it's even more uh, laughable to, to look think about what was going through my mind in early sobriety. Some of those things I wrote down and look back at them now. <laughs> oh, it was like, totally insane. I was I, yeah. I went back and looked at some of my journaling too. It was crazy, but that's what's going on. Is you know I think in sobriety we're peeling layers off of this onion. You know we're trying to get down to the core, and there's always something external that doesn't want us to to look any deeper, right? Oh, you want to talk about an onion? Like, I'm not an onion. I I just have one layer, you know? It's like, um, yeah. you know, I'm honest. I don't really have any problems. I just got to stop using drugs and alcohol, you know? I don't need to work on all these things. It's just... Uh, You're describing denial. Yeah. Absolutely denial. And also, another demon, looking back, was was this um, was this demon of unrealistic expectations, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you were really disappointed. And... Uh, when when your girlfriend was murdered after five months and you blamed God or you wanted to know from God, is this really, you know, is this really what God's all about? You know, remember that now? Yeah. And if you had it to do all over again, James, you know, how do you think you could have processed that trauma? And thank God you were able to overcome that. And, and and you have not had a drink since, but boy, did it want to take you out. Yeah, sure you did. Know? Um, looking back, if you had to do all over again. Um, but even more, I wanted to let, not that I wanted to let it take me out, but I had the thoughts like, man, no one would be mad at me. No, You like, have an excuse. Yeah, This is sure. it. But I also knew that I, if I'm looking for an excuse, I'm going to find one. How interesting. So I when cut you, my wait, toenail wait, wait. too oh, short. Oh, this is so perfect. Oh, this is so perfect. When you had the excuse, when you had the overwhelming, compelling excuse to go do it, uh-huh. you didn't do it, did you? No. You stayed sober, didn't you? Yeah. And when, isn't that, what an irony, how unexpected, right? Right? We often, you know, the mantra is you can't really get sober unless you have an overwhelming, compelling reason to get sober. And the same for getting loaded, right? And um, and yet, for some mysterious reason, you didn't take the bait, did you? No. What a miracle. Looking back, looking back, wasn't that a miracle? Mm-hmm. Was that a moment of, you know, do you think a God of your understanding stepped in and uh, protected you yeah. from uh, from evil? You know, because this happened at whatever time, and I didn't find out till 10 o'clock that night because they wanted to tell me in person. They, You know, it's like yeah. the family was trying to, like, protect me and stuff. You know, they, yeah. they thought that if they told me on the phone, I might, who knows what, but they felt that if they told me in person, it'd be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of like, well, why don't you just told me, you know? They had to wait yeah. till I got there, and I get it, but, uh, man. So... Ambivalence, denial, and disappointment. Mm-hmm. Those were your your ghosts, your demons that you were dealing with in early sobriety. And um, do you feel that if you were more conscious and aware of the presence of evil, 
that maybe you may have walked this walk a little differently and saved yourself a little bit of misery and headache and heartache and, and, and frustration. What do you think? Yeah, I went through a lot of headache and heartache and frustration that I that I didn't need to go through and you know, like to But it was hard to turn your will and your life over to God, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, we we talk about you'll find God if you're looking for him, well you'll see the devil if you're looking for him too. Precisely. How interesting. And sometimes when you're looking for the devil, you just might discover God. What a nice way to end this one hour show, man, with James. Mm -hmm. You know, when we come back, uh, we're going to continue this conversation because I'm not going to let it go. There's also another demon buried in early sobriety, and, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. But really the takeaway for this hour, James, was that if you had been more aware of the presence of the devil or evil, that you might have taken the importance and the relevance of God. Um, it might have been more important and relevant to you. What do you think? Yeah, I um, I wasn't even willing to consider a god. I, you know, I uh, I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't even willing to consider a god to get sober. And it just uh, and and but but nobody told you the devil uh, is messing with you. The devil wants to to destroy you and ruin you and keep you in the bondage of self and insane. But you never got that memo, did you? Nope. You hear it, gang? You got that memo right here. Well, if I did get the memo, I was in denial, so I wouldn't have read it. <laughs> Thank you. And that's why we do this show. We're talking about ambivalence, denial, disappointment, boredom. These are all things that not a loving God wants, but something the antithesis of a loving God wants for, for us. It's called the devil. And be aware of it, gang. We're going to be back for hour two with James G. I hope you've enjoyed this hour with James. Thank you so much, James. And uh, we really got into it. We mashed it out on evil resistance that so many of us encounter during our earliest attempts to get better and recover in a place called recovery. I'm Toby C. This is The Fourth Dimension. Until next time, God bless. Over and out. Our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the fourth dimension with Toby C, where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery the battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult the psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, it's Toby. I'm back. Yeah, better believe it, I'm back. I'm back with James G. Hour 2. James, how was our break, our 15-minute break between hours? Good morning, Toby. It was good. Awesome. Hey, um, if you're just joining us, this is a concept show. And the concept is, is that you just might get better and stay that way if you can become acutely aware of the antithesis of God. There it is, you know. And that's what this show is about. This show is to talk about the spiritual tug of war. This show talks about evil resistance that many of us encounter during our earliest moments in recovery. And, uh, you know, James and I were just talking during the break again. 
And, um, you know, this is not about uh, uh, being happy, joyous, and free. And the breakthrough that many of us uh, encounter when we finally get better and we recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. No, this is about the beginning of the renaissance is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the beginning of every person's renaissance when they finally make a heartfelt desire. They're at the very bottom of their misery. They're as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be, okay? Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you have a loved one who can relate to that. But I'll tell you, we need to also and that's the spirit and the concept of this show, be open-minded to the antithesis of God. There it is. By being open-minded to evil, to being open-minded to the devil, to being open-minded to Satan, to being open-minded to this negative paranormal energy that exists all around us that does not have your best interest in mind is going to be immensely helpful in you or your loved one um, being ever reminded of the presence of a loving God. You know, and it's a loving God who who was always there and never left us. But of course, we denied uh, the presence of God, just like we can deny the presence of evil. And there we go, you know. So I just need to kind of open up this hour again as a little reminder in case you're just joining us uh, with James G. this hour, our, our second and final hour, talking about, you know, the Renaissance. So take us back again, James, to... Uh, to the very beginning, we are talking about it. Give us the, uh, um, just give us the feeling of, of the very beginning of your renaissance and, uh, and some of the bumps in the road that you hit. And looking back, maybe, maybe they weren't just a coincidence. Maybe there was something uh, evil or sinister going on. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know, we talk about seven deadly sins sometimes, and uh, one of those is envy. And I, I definitely had a lot of envy when it, when I first came in and, and disappointment. And I would I would look at um, other people that that could drink and use, and I couldn't. I would look at um, you know compare myself to my friends that I grew up with, and you know like we we partied all through high school and they drank just as hard as I did. How come how come I you know they can they're living their lives and I and I couldn't handle it. Um, seeing other people that I thought were you know, well, what about him? He isn't he an alcoholic? He drinks just as much as I do. Does he? I don't know. No one can tell me I'm an alcoholic. Only I can tell myself I'm an alcoholic. But there's a lot of envy, and you know, like uh, thinking about where where my my life was at, and and thinking about um, how was I ever gonna get it back, and I'm never gonna be where where I used to be, and and things aren't ever gonna be the same. And you know, I came to find out down the road that like. That's okay. I didn't. I don't want things. I don't want things to be the same. <laughs> okay, but in the very beginning, James, you you were playing a pretty bad message. You were playing the never game, the N word, the real N word. Never, man. <laughs> you know that's the real N word. I can't think of a more destructive or harmful word than never. Mm -hmm. And uh, believe me, not is a very close cousin. And let me ask you this: Do you think a God of your understanding today is the is the one who planted that never message in your head, or do you think that was something other than God? Something other than God, for sure. And did it come from within, between your ears, or was it an external stimulation, something that you saw and you experienced and you heard that discouraged you? Yeah, it was things from outside, things I would see, things I would hear. And you just mentioned it. It was envy, man. You were, you know, you know, you, you come in like many of us. I can so relate. And um, and yeah, we got a problem. And yeah, we need to admit that we got the problem. 
but I'll tell you that that itching, agonizing question of why we have the problem is still there. Remember that? Yeah. And I think I mentioned it earlier, but where I was living, it was 18 to drink. And I'd be sitting around and I'd see these 18-year-olds that look like they were 15. And I'm like, man, these are like kids at a bar. How come they're here and they can drink and they're laughing and having a good time and I can't? I should be able to have a good time like them. And Perception. Yeah. By the way, and looking back, James, was that perception open-minded or was it narrow-minded that was narrow-minded absolutely man and and we've come to learn gang and and let's keep it simple here okay the narrow mind is the devil okay the open mind is a loving god of your understanding get it okay page 568 of the big book of alcoholics anonymous in the spiritual experience it says that you know many of us wake up to the fact that we're contemptuously ignorant okay contemptuously ignorant and narrow-minded and always um, practicing contempt prior to investigation it's called unfair judgment unfair unfairly judging people in the situation and it's narrow-minded negative thinking and it doesn't come from god does it james no yeah so there you are you're bouncing around early recovery in the beginning of your renaissance and you didn't really have an overwhelming and compelling reason to get this thing did you no you had a pretty overwhelming, compelling reason to stay sober. Normal people might think I had a compelling reason to stay sober, but my, you know... Inside. I talked myself out of it. You it know, was but, a burning anger, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I think anger is one of the seven deadly sins, wasn't it? That little voice in my head. Hey, you deserve one. Oh, yeah. Come on, it's not going to be that bad. Last time it only happened because this, you know. And, the anger and the envy. Yep. There it was, you know. By the way... You know, we've talked about this. Part of the fruits of 12-step recovery work, especially in the fourth step, is we get reacquainted with these seven major human failings called the seven deadly sins, okay? And don't get religious on me, Toby, okay? I get it, all right? But they are. They're the seven major human failings. And why are they seven major human failings? Or why did they call us, or they call them sinful or character defects? Because they depart us from healthy relationships with other human beings, right? There it is. So, so of the, of the seven major human failings that you had in the beginning of your renaissance to try to get better because you didn't want to die or go insane or go to prison, you were struggling with envy yeah. and anger, man. And it was external, wasn't it? Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, give us more envy and anger that you were dealing with or more injuries that you were having to face with uh, during the very beginning of your renaissance. And there was something, something external, and it wasn't God that said, James, I'm going to try to bait the trap and, and trip you up. Well, some of it was, was greed, too, thinking that I had to be back to working this hard, and I, I had to have the money back to feel good. <laughs> I had to have the money back to, to be myself again and, you know, my my status in the community and and... Um, you know, I, I hate when it seems like every time I meet someone, you know, I have a community pool where I live and I meet someone and, you know, you say hi to a stranger and the first thing is always, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, I'm a drunk, just got out of sober living. And uh, so what <laughs> brought you to the desert? Uh, They're judging you, yeah. man. They're judging you. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to have those things to have that um, to feel good about myself, to feel like I, I belong or like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, when I when I put that greed and that money because 
I had what I needed. I had shelter. I had food. You know, I didn't have the money to do the things that I wanted to do. But you know what? My needs were taken care of. And so when I when I put money first, it just took me out every time. All right. So what what you are describing? Hey, man, it's it's evil to not be able to have a healthy uh, interaction with another human being. Okay, where another human being is simply trying to get to know you better. Right. Yeah. And um, and your defenses are up. Right. And uh, and you don't think they're trying to get to know you better. You think they're trying to unfairly judge you, okay? Yeah. And your defenses are up, right? So what kind of car you drive, man? Come on. <laughs> it, does that really matter? Yeah. Oh, it matters all in the you know everything in the world. So there it is, you know. And does God want want us to be in conflict with our fellow man, or does something other than God want us to be in conflict with our fellow man? It's got to be something other than God. Yeah. What do you want to call that, James? The devil. Devil. The demon. I don't know. The demon. Some, 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 okay. I like the negative energy. I'm like, the paranormal, got the science the mind. The paranormal you know? negative energy, man. It was just something that, that didn't open your mind, did it? It was something to keep your mind closed, to keep you on the defensive. And hey, and by the way, listen, if you're just joining us <laughs> about evil resistance during our earliest attempts at recovery with James G., Again, I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension. We're talking about something external. We're talking about a demon, okay? We're talking about a demon that's on the outside that's playing with the demon on the inside, the demon of insecurity, okay? The demon of, of emotional insecurity. The Ooh. demon of, of personal relations, to, to, to not be able to have a, a, a healthy relationship with other people because we're either in judgment of them or we're in fear that they're judging us. There it is, man. I didn't realize I was insecure until someone pointed it out. You know, I'd always, uh, my security was always talking about something I did 10 years ago or things that were good in my life 10 years ago, and that would make me feel good about myself now. But it's like, you're not doing any of those things anymore. You're not that person anymore. But being so insecure, I came to realize was that that was always like my defense. I would tell people, well, you know, here I am and here's where my life's at. And, oh, but I did all these things and I do that. Well, when's the last time you did that? 10 years ago, you know? <laughs> so really, a lot of your, a lot of your stimulus, okay, in in the renaissance of your, of your being, when you're trying to get healthy, get born, get reborn, excuse me, spiritually and emotionally, a lot of your, your stimulus came from what you heard, mm -hmm. right? And you heard a discouraging message, didn't you? Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't an inside job. It certainly changed your, in, in your interior message, but it came from the outside, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are their injuries, quickly, before we break for the bottom of the hour here? Um, do you think that you were dealing with that were, that were evil, demonic, external, and, and, and assisting you in, in cultivating a bad message that Ooh. kept you from getting really sober, that really kept you from getting this thing, that discouraged you, knocked all the wind out of you? What do you think? Definitely like the, the lies. I didn't realize what a liar I was until I until I tried to stop lying. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it was, I remember in, in early recovery, I, I would tell myself it was something simple like uh, we had a house meeting and every Sunday and we, you know, we were supposed to go to so many meetings and you know meet with uh, someone once a week and 
I always tell myself I'm not going to lie at that, you know, because when I'm lying, I'm only hurting myself because I'm not telling people how I'm really feeling. And Hold that thought. Okay, we're going to be right back with James G. I'm Toby C. This is a concept show called The Fourth Dimension. We're not talking about Adam and Eve. We're not talking about the apple. We're talking about the snake. We're talking about evil resistance that many of us encounter during our earliest attempts at recovery. We're going to be right back with James G., Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Did you hear that? There's no such thing as coincidences. Oh yeah. We're here with James G and we're talking about the devil. We're talking about Satan. We're talking about negative paranormal energy that many of us encounter during our earliest attempts to get better. Yeah. And you know what we're talking about right now? We're talking about the demon, the demon of deception. Ah, okay. And, and let me ask you this, James, is not part of the outcome of practicing deception or being in the midst of deception, is not, is not one of the primary outcomes confusion and chaos and turmoil and bewilderment? And let me ask you this, James, the obvious, Does a loving God of your understanding want you to be confused and bewildered and in turmoil? There it is. So something else. And there it was. And it was external. So tell us about it. You're in in sober living and and the bullshit's flying, man. Hit it. Yeah, you know, and it was, it's like subtle things like, uh, um, you know, I I didn't have my car um, with me out here and I wanted to go see a girl. And instead of coming up with the lie and, and making excuses to my brother of, you know, to swindle my way in to let me borrow his truck, it was, I was able to, I didn't realize that I was able to just be honest. Hey, let me borrow your car. I want to go see someone this weekend. And he was more than willing to help me. But I wanted to, I was coming up with all these lies in my head and, oh, I'll tell him that I that I need the car to do this and go do that. And um, that's like one like little example, but like I was always lying and manipulating to get my way and get what I wanted. And I didn't need to lie about those things. I could just be honest. Perfect. So here's what I'm hearing you describe, James. Isn't that interesting? That women know? are demons? No, 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 no. That, that, <laughs> we that, don't that. mean that. that no, 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 seriously. <laughs> hey, here it is. It's so, it's so beautiful because, man, I can so relate to this. It's insecurity. Yeah. There it is. It's, it's, some, you know, it's a fine line between self-esteem and low self-image and confusion you know and uh and we're insecure and to cover up for this insecurity the the bs starts to fly you know and sometimes we don't even know it right yeah and 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 the antithesis of insecurity could one of the the words be faith Mm mm-hmm yeah 
could one of the close cousins of insecurity be fear? Yeah. There it is. So describe to us your fear now, James, in early recovery and, and the chaos and the calamity. And put the finger on the blame. Put, put, put your finger on what was really going on. It wasn't him. It wasn't her. It wasn't it. It wasn't you. There was something else going on, wasn't there? My fear was the, you know, like all the, I, I should be doing this. I should have that. I, I, I should have my own place. I should have a good job again. I, all these things that I felt like I should have. Um, and you know, the, um, and then that would bring you back around to see you're worthless, your disappointment, you know, just go get drunk. It'll be, it'll be better. You know, it'd, it'd be fine. All right. So what, what I'm hearing now is intolerance. All right. You were being really hard on yourself, weren't you? In early recovery, like so many of us, right? Why can't I get this thing? Yeah. Why can all these losers around me get this thing and I can't get this thing? Do you remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, and again, it's kind of an anger, it's envy, it's frustration. Um, it's, uh, it's not good. Mm -hmm. It's not good. And it was a fear. I mean, it was there, it was all there. It was just this big cornucopia of evil. And we really didn't know how to, uh, to navigate our way through it, did we? Mm -mm. And the people that were guiding us, some of them were not very good guides, were they? No. <laughs> and, and by the way, it's a crapshoot, isn't it, James? Who, who ultimately finds God? You better believe we're all searching for him, especially those of us who are desperate and we're in early recovery, man. But yeah, isn't that interesting that some of us lucky ones find God, they're struck sober, and some of us, it's, it's, a, it's a foot chase, man, for years. At least it was for me. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't like struck sober. You know, we hear people talk about like that burning bush experience. And me, for me, it just, it just happened over time. And, uh, you know, I, but when I, when I first tried to get sober, I didn't want any of that. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't, I didn't want to work on anything on myself. I just wanted to not drink. And, uh, you know, a second ago we were talking about that feeling of wanting to go out and get drunk and it wasn't, oh, let's go get drunk and throw up and pass out and do all these bad things. It was, come on, we only, only have a couple, you know, mm -hmm. only buy half as much. And then, you know, you know the story, buying half as much, then going back out to the store, waking up in the morning drinking, just back in that never ending circle. That's right. Until I hit a wall again and I'm like, oh, all right, I got to do something about this. And then but I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow. You know what you're talking about? Insanity. Finding, finding, yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah, you know, overcoming insanity and finding something called the truth. Yeah. Not our truth, but finding something called the great reality. And we're going to be talking about lying and deception and the great reality when we come back with James G. I'm Toby C. This is a concept show called the fourth dimension and the concept is that you're going to get better or your loved one's going to get better when you start waking up to the presence of evil and it's going to make the relevance of god more 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 poignant and less abstract can you dig that we're going to be right back toby c the fourth dimension with james g If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, if you're just tapping in, bottom of the hour with James G. I'm Toby C. And this is a concept show called The Fourth Dimension. And what we're doing is we're trying to open our mind to a higher planular level of thinking, okay? We're trying to break out of restricted three-dimensional thinking. We're trying to open our mind to the fourth dimension, a dimension where phenomena and miracles exist and occur, and also a dimension where something else lurks that maybe we're not entirely aware of in the three-dimensional world, and it's the presence of evil. There it is, but you can't see it. We're here with James G. Hey, James, you've been to Disneyland, right? Yeah. Okay, you know the haunted house? Yeah. Okay, there's this ride, and there's this there's this part of the haunted house ride where where there's this television monitor in front of the in front of the ride as the cars pass, and you can see a, an image of you, and in the car in your little car on this ride in the image. Uh, there's a demon sitting next to you. Remember that? Oh, there, yeah, those are the mirrors. You go but, by the mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah those, those little ghosts are sitting right next to you, okay? Uh-huh. That's what's going on in the fourth dimension, man. We just can't see those little ghosts or those little demons, okay? But, gang, I want you to imagine that they're there, okay? I want you to imagine that the devil or Satan or evil or negative paranormal energy is right there sitting shotgun with you, okay? And the reason why we want to do this, gang, okay, the reason why we want to do this is so that we don't lose sight of the figure of God, see? By imagining the existence of evil, it makes the existence of God less abstract and more relevant and more important. You know, let me ask you this, James. You heard all the the, the blah, blah, blah about God and early on, but, but nobody ever really took you aside and gave you the memo, did they? No. They never took you aside and said, dude, you know, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer, okay? And that means you're possessed by a demon, man, and we got to kick the shit out of it and get it out of you. You never <laughs> got that memo, did you? Uh-uh. Nah. It was all just real fluff. God this, and everybody's getting better, that, and all right. But, hey, the external message was there. The external message was there, man, and it was in the form of deception. It was in the form of, of being true to yourself, self-deception. And there it was, man, in your earliest moments of recovery. And you're in this room with all these different people. And how did you feel? Did you feel like you were being true to yourself? Or did you feel utterly baffled and confused and, and mired in self-deception? I was definitely confused, like really confused and, and kind of a little humiliated. Not humiliated, but just confused and disappointed and... I remember they they went around and uh, it was one of the first times I actually said out loud that I was an alcoholic and you know it was this person's been arrested and this person gotten was beaten up his dad and his brother because of his drinking I never I never laid hands on my family um, you know this guy is a heroin addict this guy's a meth addict this guy's been in jail all this stuff and then it comes around to me and I'm like D- uh, uh, I'm an alcoholic uh, you know the Girl, girls mad at me so I'm you know trying to trying to sober up a little bit and that was me um, comparing myself to them to say like you know what I'm not as bad as them Perfect. so I'm not an, maybe I'm not really an alcoholic I'm only I'm only drinking because of this if those things weren't there then I, I wouldn't be drinking like this if only perfect so you know we talked about that in hour one 
you didn't feel the love, did you? You didn't feel the unity, did you? You didn't feel a part of this group, did you? No. There it is. And maybe there was some kind of an energy in this vibration in this room that kept you from really bonding with these people. Maybe there was some energy that kept your mind closed, okay, mm -hmm. and kept you in, in ignorance and contempt of these people that you didn't know. And at the same time, James, you were terrified at them really getting to know you and unfairly, oh, yeah. and unfairly yeah. judging you. Mm -hmm. Do you want those people to get any closer to you? No way. Hell no way. No, no way. Hell no. <laughs> and, and you know, it was when I, when I let those people close to me, then I realized that the things that were so big in my head, they were like, yeah, I did that too. And it was like, no big deal. No and I just, I really just want to say a second ago when I came in, it was, oh, you're a heroin addict, you're a meth addict. You must, you must be worse than I am. And I don't believe that, you know, I just, I, to be honest with me, honest with you, you want to know why I never did heroin? Because I knew I would like it too much. Mm -hmm. I would tell myself things like, oh, I, I have an addictive personality. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'm Please. not an alcoholic. Talk about self-talk. Talk about a bad message, yeah. you know, but, but there it is, you know, yeah, it may have kept you from, from heroin, but, uh. But we can certainly exalt in our extreme destructive behavior and other forms of, mm -hmm. of abuse. You better believe it. Yeah. So in the very beginning, um, there, was, there was deception and confusion. And, um, you know, did you, you finally cleaned house, didn't you? Mm -hmm. You finally got a sponsor and you cleaned house. And um, were you finally able to discern right from wrong? Yeah, yeah, and um, do you think part? Do you think part of your? Well, let me qualify that. I could discern from right from wrong, but you know, I, w I was always doing those things where it's like in my gut, it was like, man, you shouldn't be doing this, but I want to do this, and that's that. That's that self will. Sure. And uh, you know, I I like to think my mother raised me right, and you know, so it's like I I know what I'm doing, what I'm not supposed to be doing. Yeah. But I still do it. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I got I got to tell you, and I'm just kind of visualizing this, James. It's like there's a membrane, okay, a membrane of life, okay, and it's in the it's in the fourth step. And I'm telling you, gang, if you do this thing right, you kind of move through this membrane, where um, where we move out of an area of self righteousness, and we move into an area of righteous versus unrighteous behavior. We're acutely aware of what right and wrong is. But I'll tell you, on the, on the wrong side of that membrane that so many of us come into recovery with, it's very confusing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we don't even know if recovery is right. We don't even know what we're doing here with this, with this, this circus of, of, of miscreants, okay, that we can't really relate to, right? And there it is. And, and, and we're stuck on the wrong side of that membrane, okay? And something keeps us stuck on the wrong side of that membrane that, that, that the lucky ones of us are able to pass through. We're able to move out of, out of a place of self-consciousness and we're able to acquire something called God consciousness. But man, you were mired like so many of us in self-consciousness on the wrong side of that membrane, weren't you? Yeah, you know, feeling like I was, like I was trying my best and doing what I was supposed to be doing and when I'm really honest with myself I wasn't I wasn't trying my best or listening to the things people were telling me but when I would when I would make a mistake it was um you know right back to that you're a failure let's 
you know, like this isn't going to work for you. And I had to learn that, you know, it was okay for me to make mistakes. And it was hearing people that, that I looked up to that, you know, were living the lives that, you know, carrying themselves like I wanted to that, you know, oh, you made mistakes too in early recovery. Oh, it's okay for me to make mistakes as long as I don't keep doing those mistakes over and over and over again. Um, because every time I would slip up or do something and I would have that feeling of like that anxiety and that, oh, you did it, you know, and, and, and I'm sober now. I'm not, there's no drugs or alcohol in my body, but I would do something and I would have that anxiety all the next day of, I messed this up. What's going to happen with this? How's this going to pan out? And and that's when I would, you know, want to have that drink. Better believe it. If you're just joining us, i got to do a repeat during these long segments. Hey, I'm Toby C. And this is a concept show about the devil or Satan or, or negative paranormal energy that so many of us encounter during our earliest attempts at recovery. And we're here with James G. And we're talking about the wrong side of the membrane of life, right? The wrong side of the membrane of recovery, right? And, and we're talking about uh, external messages that we hear. There it is. Hmm. And I'm telling you, James, just like so many of us, we hear there's good messages and bad messages in recovery, okay? But for some reason, um, our radar, uh, our sonar is only picking up the bad messages for some reason, right? Yeah. The good stuff is just kind of, you know, we discount it, okay? So there's something, you know, and don't say it's an inside job, okay? There's some people that give a real bad message and it's external and it's, and it's a form of temptation and it's meant to keep us in the bondage of self and deliver us right back into the jaws of, of evil, okay? It's the form of a bad message. It's an illusion. The bad message is supposed to keep us confused. The bad message is supposed to keep us bewildered. The bad message is supposed to keep us in anger and envy, right, James? Yeah. And you heard this bad message, and you couldn't discern the truth from the bullshit. You didn't know right from wrong in the beginning because you hadn't really cleaned house. And, uh, right? I mean, you were there. You were mired in it. Describe it. Feel it for us. Well, I, I've heard different forms of this phrase, but, like, two dead batteries won't start a car. <laughs> you know, I remember being around um, someone in... We would just sign each other's own bullshit, complaining about about sobriety and 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 just being very negative on life. And we were just like feeding off each other about how this was all bullshit. You know, we were reminiscing all the all the times we had getting getting drunk and doing drugs. And then when I was around people that were that were that were doing the deal and, and trying to you know live by these spiritual principles and and really trying to stay sober, then I started seeing the good. And, you know, that that positive energy started feeding off positive energy. When I was around that negative energy, that negative energy just fed off, fed off itself. So beautiful. Let me ask you this. And, and now looking back, this is really important today as a sober member of recovery and 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 and, and a respectable citizen of our well, of our culture. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. What's the most helpful thing that you can offer up to a newcomer? Is it money? Is it your, your knowledge? Um, or is it your spoken word? Okay. What do you think, James? The most valuable thing that you have to offer up to a person obviously is our time. Yeah. But what? But what we do at that time? There it is. 
So well, would you agree that, that, that in part the most valuable thing that you have to offer is your testimony? Yeah. All right. There it is. And your testimony, when it comes from the heart, it's the truth. It's the real deal. But I'll tell you, in the very beginning, you didn't hear a lot of heartfelt testimony, did you? You heard a lot of people that were in their head, didn't you? Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, a lot of that, a lot of that BS that you heard in people's testimony, it interfered with your spiritual progress, didn't it? It discouraged you, didn't it? Well, you're talking about like like money or knowledge, you know, like I can only tell people stuff so much. I can, you know, hear someone share something and in my head I'm like, oh, I should just give them a hundred bucks. I should give them that 500 bucks and help them out, but that's not gonna help them out. What I can do is share with them how how it was for me when I was in that situation and how I got how I got out of that situation, how I changed my lifestyle or how I changed, you know, whatever changes I had to make in my life so that, you know, I got to where I'm at now and I don't have to have those financial fears. We're going to be right back and we're going to be shutting down our hour with James G. We're talking about deception and being true to ourselves and understanding the difference between self-righteousness and right and wrong behavior. You better believe it. I'm Toby C. It's a concept show about evil resistance during early moments of recovery. It's called The Fourth Dimension, and we're going to be right back with James G. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. Here's the deal. There's a takeaway here, gang. All right. And the takeaway from, you know, our show with James G is that, um, is that evil can, can express itself through the spoken word. There it is. And the spoken word can be, uh, can be very discouraging to spiritual growth and for people getting it in early recovery, right? Mm-hmm. So describe to us, James, this this evil external stimulation you heard from the vocal cords of other supposedly sober members of recovery. Well, yeah, I would hear people tell me, you know, like uh, what a, what I what I should be doing. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta find the higher power, man. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. And just just be honest, open-minded, and willingness, man. And and I'm sitting here going like. You know, you're, it's easy for you to say, you know, it's easy for you to do that, you know, because they've already gone, they've already done the work, maybe. Um, but the people, the real people that have done the work, they're the ones that relate to me. They're the ones that share their experience with financial troubles or how they came to have a higher power in their life, how they got these things, not just sharing their opinion and coming up with all this like fancy analogies and, and acronyms and stuff. And pe people love acronyms and yeah, it sounds great, but those things don't mean anything to me. You know, it just, it's just whispers in the wind, you know, it sounds good, but how do I do it? How did you do it? Mm -hmm. 
it was a bad message. Um, and it was a message from the head, right? Very seldom did we hear or were, or were we capable of receiving a heartfelt message from people. Even if, even if they were sincerely trying to give us a heartfelt message, sometimes it wasn't so much the message, but it was how they expressed themselves, right, James? Yeah. And uh, who? nobody likes a cocky know-it-all. Nobody likes to be lectured to from some spiritual or moral hilltop, right? And talked down to, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I, when, when I am verbally assaulted like that, I shut down and I shut out and I shut off. Do you remember that? Yeah, when people say like, when, when they're talking about stuff and they say, we, we all this, we all do that. I'm like, no, I don't. I never felt like that. I'm not like you guys then. Okay, I guess I don't belong here. Thank you. And I, I want to know, James... Was it God or was it the devil that inspired you to shut out, shut down, and, and tune out? It was the devil helped me find those excuses of exactly. why I wasn't like you guys and why... Was, it, was that behavior open-minded behavior or was it narrow-minded behavior? Narrow-minded. There it is, gang. One-track mind. So there's the takeaway. And, and gang, it's not easy, but I got to tell you, you're going to discover this... If you get into the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions book, it's buried there in, in Chapter 2, Step 2. And it's one of the riddles to recovery, and it's one of the riddles to successful living. It's called the open mind. There it is, man. And, and in the meeting, in the recovery meeting, if we open our minds to the message instead of the messenger, right? Not easy, though, right? Yeah, and, you know, that goes right back to what I was saying a second ago is, you know, um... I thought I thought I had an open mind. I guess I didn't. And I needed someone to to share about how they were closed minded for me to realize, oh, I'm I'm being closed minded right now. You know, I need there you and by the way, let's not give ourselves so much credit, James. Maybe I'm not closed minded. Maybe something external wants to keep me in everlasting ignorance, correct? Mm -hmm. And contempt of my fellow man in unfair judgment. Maybe it's something external. Let's not give ourselves so much credit here, man, okay? <laughs> you know, let's put the stink finger on where credit is credit is due, and that's that's evil. It's not God that wants us to unfairly judge our fellow man, yet it's that unfair judgment that kept us from getting sober, from getting this thing early on. Right, James? Mm -hmm. It was the narrow mind. So there it is. So what's the takeaway? If you want to if you want to overcome the bullshit, if you want to overcome this self-deception and this perception of of lying uh, coming to us from other people, then what's the solution? It's the open mind, baby. Yeah. It's the open mind. And uh, and who gets the open mind, James? The people who have had the tar knocked out of them and they've hit their bottom, right? Yeah. And the question is how do we remain open-minded? There it is. Trust God, clean house, and prepare ourselves to help others, right? Yeah. Helping others is huge. I think helping others will help us. Uh, forgive my friend who's starting his uh, Honda 600 motorcycle outside the studio here. But uh, there he goes. It's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> He's saying hello. Um, but here's the deal. Um, it's not easy, you know. And by the way, you know, if you go onto the internet and you and you search, do an, do a Google or internet search for the truth, 
there's a lot written about truth, okay? Who's truth? What's truth, okay? How do you define truth? Then go ahead and search or Google honesty. And there's not a lot written about honesty, man. Mm. Honesty is right and wrong. And I swear to God, that's the truth. And God wants us, a loving God of our understanding wants us to know the truth and to be calm and confident and at peace with the truth. Mm -hmm. Something other than God wants us to be in utter confusion and bewilderment, constantly uh, subjecting the truth to, to uncertainty and doubt. And it's external, isn't it? Yeah. Or it was, it was external. Today it's an inside job, man. I know we're at peace, but God, in the beginning though, James, it was so external and we just didn't know it, did we? No, you know, I am at peace most of the time. And, you know, the days where I'm not at peace, I just stick to the things that I know work. And I know that tomorrow is going to be a different day for me. And um, that sounds all, you know, easy to say, because when I'm when I'm in that moment, sometimes when I get in the moment and I have all these feelings come up and I'm angry, I want to throw all that stuff out the window. And um, I have to go through a couple smaller experiences where so that, you know, becomes second nature in me so that when the big things happen, like what we talked about in the first hour, then, you know, I can I can stick to what I know works. It's called an unshakable foundation. Yeah. And, and you know, the hits keep coming, gang. It ain't over, man. The hits keep coming. And the idea is hopefully when the hits come, they're not going to take us out emotionally or spiritually and give us uh, some overwhelming, compelling reason to get loaded or drink, okay? Yeah. But in the meantime, the best way to stay in that peace, James, is to try to instill and carry a loving and peaceful message from the heart to others, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the truth, isn't it? Hashtag truth. All right, gang. Now you know how to get out of that rut in early recovery. Keep an open mind and, um, and tell the truth, not your truth. Listen for the truth, right, James? Amen on that. I'm Toby C. Thanks for joining us with James G. on our concept show about evil, the devil, negative resistance in early recovery called the fourth dimension come and join us someday soon again for uh for an open-minded discussion Thanks, about, Toby. about evil amen on that over and out if you enjoy our message then please visit us at itmtoby.com